0: Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Highlander fans, and welcome fans in general to the Fandom Podcast Network. This is Blood of Kings, a Highlander podcast here on the Fandom Podcast Network. And on this show, we cover everything in the Highlander universe here. And uh, on this episode, we got a fun one here for you guys, because what we're going to be doing is discussing our favorite Highlander movie and TV series flashbacks. I'm Kevin, one of your Bloody Kings co hosts. But first, I have to bring on my fellow Highlander aficionado, stuntman, actor extraordinaire, split extraordinaire. I must bring on my co host, Lee Fillings. What's up, buddy?
1: Oh, uh, no, I just got done doing some splits over here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy are my arms tired but
0: <laughs> uh, First of all we've been away for a little bit while we've both been busy Welcome back to Bloody Kings it's good to see you my friend
1: Hey, It's good to see you too buddy it's been way too long
0: Yes yes now uh, we are talking of course about our favorite Highlander movie and TV series flashbacks And uh, this has kind of been something we've been talking about for a while And probably is one of the most if not the most iconic, iconic thing about Highlander in general, right?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. It's, I think what gives it, it's very unique uh, flavor. You, you can't just say, Hey, I'm 400 years old and then not see what it was like 400 years ago. So you have to have that uh, kind of backward flow. And I think from really just that uh, second scene you get uh, of the original movie, it's like, Oh, we're watching something different. And I, you know, it's one of the reasons why we love the show.
0: Um, and especially if you're a history buff, you love it as well because you love it when our heroes and villains uh, are in back in time. And you learn a little history, too, if you're not familiar with it, too. So that's one of the enduring things about Highlander. But we got some stuff to catch up on before we get into the main topic here. So I don't know about you, but it's been a while since we've been in Joes, brah. Let's do oh, some Joes. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's take a seat in here man it's been a while it's a little empty in here today but you know what we got Joe's to ourselves that's what's important yeah. Yeah,
1: I gotta say I missed the music you know like the the walk-up music you know <laughs> and then you know like the little easy listening you know coming in uh you know it's I, I feel like I'm home so
0: yeah well cool. yeah no, I know what you mean i I've missed it too I, I've forgotten how much I've I've missed the uh the Bloody Kings music and just talking about Highlander in general so yeah Okay, so we are in Joe's. We need to do a little bit of catch-up here. I did want to, of course, remind uh, the listeners, if you're just listening to this podcast, and if you haven't checked out us on YouTube, please check out the Fandom Podcast Network on YouTube because that's where Blood of Kings is going now. And, place, you're going to see a ton of slides that I've put together for this podcast, for the flashbacks and we're going to pick some fan favorites through Bloody Kings. And, of course, uh, Lee's going to be picking his favorites. I'm going to be picking mine. So make sure you check out YouTube. Also give us a subscribe and a share. Make some comments and likes and all that stuff that helps us bring more attention to the network and Bloody Kings in general. And we've our Bloody Kings numbers have actually been pretty good on YouTube. So we're we're, uh, we're very happy about that. So, um, okay. Oh, and also, too, I just want to give a little uh, um, a little kind of warning here. The slides that we're going to be showing, I'm hoping that I was correct on most of them. It was very hard to find the particular slides that I was looking for. So I had to kind of find some that are slide adjacent to the episode. So I might have made a couple of mistakes, but you know what? It was a little we'll of love. What's that?
1: We'll let it slide. <laughs> I see what you
0: did there. So anyway, but first going forward, we did want to tease the next um, project or well, podcast that we're doing for Bloody Kings. And we've decided that we are going to uh, cover some of the most iconic and fan-favorite Highlander series episodes. And I did a poll on Bloody Kingsley. And I'm going to go ahead and go to the poll here, numbers, because I have them here in front of me. Uh, the idea was is to kind of get an idea of who the favorites are. And then Lee and I are going to pick some of these, maybe uh, a, you know one or two of our own favorites that are fan favorites. And I'll get into the reason why, but I just want to give you like the episodes that are in the lead right now. And if you're listening to this podcast like soon after it comes out, this poll will be still open and going on. Bloody King's the Highlander fandom group, go over there and vote. And it's pinned to the top there. And some of the leaders that we have here, the number one at the top right now is Homeland. We have Homeland, Band of Brothers, the uh, the Gathering, Samurai Mythos. Uh, Comes a Horseman, uh, Revelation, those will probably be done together because they're two-parters. What else we got here? Uh, We have some write-ins here as well. We have uh, write-ins by uh, Dave Batista, uh, for Evil's Sake, uh, also for Tomorrow We Die, Mortal Sins by Jeremy Orr, great pick there. And uh, we have a few others in there as well, Lee. So I don't, have you voted on this yet, Lee? Are you
1: waiting? Uh, I have, you know, uh, I think if you go through and see... Who clicked on these season one episodes? Probably my name's on there. You know me. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: the idea is, and we're not going to say what they are now. Instead of just doing your normal recap of an episode, we're going to have fun with it. We're going to come up with about five topics, like kind of fun, kooky topics. Some, of course, related to Highlander, but we're going to apply them to each episode. Think of it this way. Kind of think of like, remember the MTV Movie Awards, how they had Mm -hmm. kind of these kooky, fun Uh, categories kind of like that but we're also lee and i are also going to figure out what which ones we're going to do but we're also going to go to you guys at the blood of kings fandom uh, facebook group and get ideas from you what kind of fun topics do you want us to bring up like you know the best this this the most interesting that the funniest this or the worst that you know something like that that's related to highlander that we could maybe uh, apply to almost every episode so that's what we're going to do there all right So, Lee, we got to catch up with you here. Yeah. I'm just going to tease. I did a little trip somewhere, but we're not talking about me right now. We're talking about you, Lee. Uh, What have you been up to?
1: (laughs) Um, A lot of films. Um, I did a really big kind of lightsaber project this summer, uh, about six months worth of prep on that. Um, Over 20 fights, um, all mismatched, uh, different size actors, uh, different weapons, different numbers of weapons. It was never uh, the same style twice. So, uh, basically it's kind of my calling card now. Uh, I took some of my most talented friends and made them pretend to kill each other. Uh, and it's <laughs> <That's over> cool. <laughs> the summer. Um, you know, and it was a lot of people that I've always wanted to work with. Um, and that was big, um, worked on, uh, several movies, um, as an armor, as a fight coordinator, just did my first, uh, film in Spanish. Wow. Uh, it's a, A tribute to an old uh, Mexican comedy called Chapulín Colorado, which uh, anybody uh, of a certain age uh, down in Mexico, that was either their favorite or their dad's favorite. Um, And it was uh, just kind of fortuitous. I got to do that. Um, Been running around training, uh, doing a lot of work as an armorer. I built up a huge prop armory over the last few years. And after the whole Alec Baldwin thing, I've been more and more in demand with that. Uh, Oh, and I got to tell mine before you do yours, because your stories is cooler than mine, but I'm still pretty proud. I'm in a comic book now. Dude, really? Yeah. Uh, What's it called, and how did that come about? uh, It's called Mercenary Kingdom, and it was based on a uh, short film that some friends of mine did. And uh, somehow the artist decided to use me as the inspiration for a character who is a psychotic arsonist. Yeah. Oh. Not a romantic <coughs> same thing really uh sa- but, yeah sa-
0: I just talked over over you what what are you
1: <laughs> I am a psychotic arsonist uh, nice. <laughs> yeah uh, and literally uh the it's a mercenary kingdom uh city on fire uh oh, wow. so I'm the reason the city's on fire so it's um, like
0: devil's night all night
1: <laughs> yeah so they took this face made it worse with burn scars <laughs> and, That's fantastic uh, yeah so it's pretty cool but uh not quite as cool as uh something i see over your shoulder hanging there what are you talking about i don't know what you're talking about
0: oh, oh yes i do yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right for you uh, listening to this podcast i'll kind of describe what i'm holding in my hand here i'm holding a star a recent star wars action figure three and three-quarter size that was released uh recently by hasbro and it's part of the uh java's palace denizen guard series basically and it's um um it's a character called Velcan Tazeri. He's famous for two reasons. One, he was the guy who lost his uh, blaster to Luke Skywalker when he used the Force to grab it with the Force and try to shoot Jabba before Jabba said, no, you're going down to talk to the uh, Sarlacc. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, talk to the Rancor. The Sarlacc comes into play later because Velcan is one of the Skiff guards who is one of the first appetizers to the uh, Sarlacc before Boba Fett went in as the main course. and uh, a little history on this. I used to volunteer, and then I got hired by a company called Decipher back in uh, 1999. But in the mid-90s, I was playing the game and volunteering for the company. And at the time, a lot of characters in Star Wars, the original trilogy, didn't have real names or proper names. So Decipher had the licensing for these card games, and was allowed to name these characters with approval by Lucasfilm. Of course, they had to submit these names. What they ended up doing was was taking people that work there, uh, decipher employees, as well as volunteers like myself at the time, uh, to use their names, but in an anagram and switch them around. And so I was lucky enough to have one of the cards, it's on the back here, uh, one of the actual playing cards, Valkin Tazeri is my uh, first and last name as an anagram, minus one I, and so that was really cool that when that card came out, I had a card named after me. Well, there was never any action figure that was released of this character. I come to find out that there was a poll that was put on a um, uh, some action figure website to try to get all of the skiff guards made as action figures. So if you wanted to recreate the iconic Sarlacc pit scene with all of the vehicles, because now they have the big job sale Bards that was available as a Hasbro Pulse item. Velkan finally made it in there. And also, when the new uh, Star Wars uh, After Disney Purchase Encyclopedia came out, Velkan is in there. So not only was he canon before uh, um, the Disney Purchase in the Legends days, he is now officially canon in Star Wars. And there is a character in Star Wars with my name. That's Way too cool. (laughs) So if you're listening to this podcast, I'm showing you the picture of Elkin Tazari. So yeah, that was pretty cool.
1: (laughs) But uh, what else have you been up to? I mean, I I saw that slide. It looked like uh, maybe you had a little adventure.
0: Yes. So my wife and I took a trip to England for three uh, three weeks because uh, my wife, who's born and raised in Australia, she's Australian. She has dual citizenship in England because her parents are from there and her mom is getting up there in age. She wanted to take one last trip to her home country and such. And so uh, I was like, well, for my birthday, can we take a little side trip to Paris? and you know, she knew that I wanted to obviously visit some Highlander locations. And and she says, yeah, let's do it. So we spent three nights in Paris, uh, two full days. And I wanted to make sure. And I remember talking to you, Lee, about some iconic locations to do it because I couldn't do all of them. I had to most. My wife said to me, look, we're going to be doing a lot of walking. I just have one request. I don't want to do a lot of waiting. So Museums were out, and I'm like, that's fine. I want to see the outside of of Paris in and around Paris. The only line that we had to wait in was, of course, the Eiffel Tower that you see the picture of us here. We had to visit the Eiffel Tower since the last time I was there. The Eiffel Tower is now completely blocked off underneath it. You can only get inside that area underneath the tower with a ticket. Hmm. Uh, There's different tickets to, to get. And we got the one all the way up to the top. And that's what we decided to do. That was the only really line that we had to wait in because you, you go up a little bit and you go to the, the first tier and you got to kind of wait in a queue after you look around to get up to the second key, tier and you got to wait in another queue to get up to the very top. But we did it. It was a lot of fun. As you can see, it was an excellent view. Uh, we, didn't have, we didn't have any place uh, or space to tango, <laughs> yeah. but it was a great view. Have you been up to the very top?
1: Uh, Yes, I have. Um, And I even had cocktails, but I did not have dinner at uh, uh, 180 because that is really expensive. Yes, it is. um, I will say a weird little side note. uh, The picture of you guys on the Eiffel Tower, uh, basically like two squares up from uh, Aaron's head. Is where my apartment was. So like. Oh, no, right so no, really? Yeah. That's where I lived uh, for about a year and a half.
0: That's uh, funny. We probably walked right by it because we didn't end up going over there. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that's my hometown. We, but it, I'm bummed that it's uh, closed off underneath. That was always my favorite thing was standing up in there and looking up. For It's because of security reasons, unfortunately. Uh-huh. You know? And we did pay for a
0: guided tour, uh, which we I felt it was worth it because it got us through certain lines uh, it got us kind of, uh, you know, a little bit faster than it would have normal been if you had just gone by yourself. And plus, we got some history. The guy that did the tour was, a, a, a you know, a, a Paris historian as well. So that was cool. Yeah. But I had to visit a few other locations. Of course, I had to visit Notre Dame and the location or the original location of, of course, Duncan's Barge. Now, for those of you that don't remember, Notre Dame got damaged really badly several years ago and they are still working on it. Duncan's barge is not there, but if you look at the pictures I have here, there is some other barge. I was able to walk on there and just kind of walk off, and I don't know if it was like just there because it looks like maybe a sightseeing one or something like that. But, Lee, they are doing some extensive repairs there. It's going to take a while for this to get done, and they've actually, behind Notre Dame, where you would actually see the back of it, from where Duncan's barge was, they've set up this temporary like housing or office building stuff. So mm-hmm. people can actually live and work on site as they're probably not only living and working and planning on how they're doing it, but they're probably trying to repair a lot of stuff that they did. The towers, the two main towers are intact, but it's all the roof behind it just got decimated in the fire.
1: Yeah. It's uh, one of the coolest things about that though Um Ubisoft might be one of the reasons why uh, it gets restored properly, because when they were doing Assassin's Creed, the one that took place in Paris, Uh they did the most extensive scans inside that building that had ever been done. That's
0: fantastic bit of trivia there. I did not know that.
1: And so like the Assassin's Creed games might be why uh, people will see the same Notre Dame that I did when I was living there uh, for generations.
0: So as you can see from the pictures, Notre Dame from this location where Duncan's Barge is, because it's basically right down where it is, you see the back of the – the. normally you would have seen the beautiful um, – was it the buttresses and all yep, that kind of stuff? The flying buttress. Yeah, that is, that's what was damaged the most. So that's not the prettiest location to get a picture. You can still get a great picture from the front of Notre Dame with the towers uh, there. Uh, If you want a good picture, because there's a great little bridge that goes right there. And then I had to get a picture with the famous tunnel. That's just right, you know, a few hundred feet down from the barge where a lot of stuff happened. A lot of fighting happened. Mm -hmm. People got knocked out or whatever it is, but they filmed a lot of stuff in that tunnel, as you know.
1: My favorite was the one where like they're fighting in there and then somehow got kicked into a warehouse that was two stories tall, even though yes. you're on the river and there's nowhere for any of those windows to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, here's another picture of the actual construction that's going on at Notre Dame. And as I, as I said, if you're listening to this podcast and you ha- can't see this, make sure you check out the video because it's extensive. They are taking your time to do this. Obviously, picture wise, it's not a great moment, to great time to go there right now. Like, like I said, if you want still a good picture of Notre Dame, you go around to the front of it, you can definitely get a nice picture there. Um, because they're still working on the front, like, area of it right in the front door, but there's some strategic locations you get a nice picture. But as you can see from that picture, the uh, they have like two or three cranes constantly there, carefully rebuilding uh, the, the buttresses and stuff. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Shakespeare and company was a second place. And by the way, these are all in the same location. It's mm-hmm. like, they're so insanely close to each other. It's great. There was a line to get into this store and they don't allow any cameras inside at all. No picture taking. Oh wow! And so I decided like, I'm not going to go in this thing, but I'm definitely going to get some pictures of it uh, because it's so iconic. So I did that. I kind of like, I kind of zoomed in on one picture and got kind of like in the inside, but there's like a security guard there going, no, 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 no. Don't do that. <laughs> That's how crazy busy it was here too, and it was also very hot uh, here. Uh, in this was in September of uh, 2023 that these were here, and then of course right around the corner and down the street is Darius's church right there, and uh, it's free to get in, and it was open. There was hardly anyone in there. Had to go in get a picture from the front and a picture inside the uh, um, inside itself, and there was a part of me that wanted to go Darius and like throw stuff around and like try to get up to like a an imaginary corpse, you know, but I couldn't do that. So <laughs> I, I assume you'd been in here, of course, when you lived in Paris, right?
1: Oh yeah. It's uh absolutely wonderful. Uh, actually. So uh, several concerts in there, uh, they used to do string quartets and uh, they had a gospel nice. one uh, once upon a time that actually uh, had me writing short stories afterwards. So uh, one I might try to turn into a, a weird Highlander spec script. So
0: I the one other location, but it was just too far away, and we couldn't figure out timing to do it because most of our stuff was on foot. Was trying to get to the uh, the park outside of Paris where they had the Duende fight. Mm. That's going to have to be for another time because uh, we just couldn't get there because of the other stuff that was going on. You know, but we did do one thing because it happened to be near our um, our hotel. Uh, we actually stayed at a really nice hostel there uh, where they provided breakfast in the morning and it was really, really nice. And walking distance was soccer core. And if okay. for those of you action fans of John Wick 4, uh, there's a very famous fight scene at the end of that new and latest John Wick movie where he has to go up the stairs and get up to the final duel before uh, sunrise. Otherwise, he's dead. And there's assassins at every level here trying to stop him. And I told my wife, I said, we got to walk up these steps. Cause I think the last time I might've taken one of those little trams, a little biniculars yep. or vernaculars or whatever, like we had to go up there and we did. <laughs> and w- almost like almost every level, there were people like working out and doing stuff. People were teaching like, you know, exercise at each of these little flat. Cause you know, you go up and then you, and then there's a flat area. And then you go up, there's a flat area. It almost felt like there was assassins waiting to take us out on the way up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oddly enough uh i almost got into a fight on these stairs my second day in paris seriously <laughs> yeah uh well we were walking up uh, and at that time uh it was like all the guys hawking stuff and like trying to sell stuff and get donations for whoever they were trying to scam you for um this guy like it's a it's a common thing like oh i'm just gonna make you a friendship bracelet and they start wrapping this bracelet around and then they like ask you for money but it also marks you as somebody that's easy to deal with and it's like the second or third step. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Uh, and he's like, "Quoi? Je parle pas français. And I'm like, oh, je parle français. Je ne vote pas uh, quelque chose. And so he uh, keeps on tying it. And I put the dude in a wrist lock and drop him to his knees. And then two of his friends walk up. And I'm like, no. Nope. And so they walk away. And as we continued walking up the stairs, everyone stepped away from us. <laughs> so yeah. we, oh. we established dominance.
0: A little tip about that I learned from a friend of mine who um, gave me a walking tour with some friends of mine because she's from there is that they work in tandem as pickpockets as well. So when someone wants to put something on your wrist and they say it's for free, politely decline and look over your shoulder because mm-hmm. uh, someone will try to pickpocket you uh, while they're doing it. It's, it's an age-old trick. So that's one thing you got to be careful about uh, traveling is pickpocketing and Putting electronics in your bag and putting your backpack over your backpack because they will slit it open and stuff like that. You got to keep that stuff in front of you or keep it locked up somewhere. So just a just a, a safety tip as you travel overseas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you say we get into a little immortal buzz here? And this is where we have the fans in the Bloody King group give their suggestions on their favorite Highlander flashbacks. I have it here somewhere. Hold on. I have, uh, mortal buzz. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Lee, when I originally put this post up, I got mo only TV show flashbacks. There was no love for the movies. Now I'm thinking, well, in most Highlander fans, you know, Canon, there really is only two movies, you know, there's yeah. the original 86 and then there's endgame. end game. And obviously there's more flashbacks in the TV series that might be more memorable because there's so many, but there was a move. There was stuff in the movie as well. We'll get to that, but we did get some great suggestions from the flashbacks, uh, in, uh, the television series. And I got about eight here from the fans that i actually have pictures of. Uh, Roy Murray says, always really liked uh, the little tin god flashback here. And I'm going to show this picture real quick because I think this one's pretty cool. And I remember this specifically the behind the scenes uh, that you watched on the DVD, especially with Steve, G- Steve Gagan uh, mm-hmm. and his group, the production designer. They did a really good job with these flashbacks, Lee.
1: Yeah. This is one, you know, as soon as you said it, I'm like, yeah, I don't like the episode, but this is really effective.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you 100% there. Uh, I'm going to put the next one up here in a moment here. It's Stone of, Stone of Scone, of course. Let me read off some of these others that we have here. Uh, Holly McMiller said, of course, the flashback to 1929 with Fitzcarron and the Stone of Scone adventures. Uh, and uh, um, I did notice in the uh, the mentions of these fan notes that Anything with Hugh Fitzcairn basically, or anything with Amanda. <laughs> they were very, very, very popular. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Stone of Scone, uh, this was basically uh, all flashback episode, right?
1: Yeah. Even it was flashbacks within a flashback. So, uh, but yeah, uh, these were well done. I didn't choose this one myself because I I don't like the episode. Like, I don't dislike it, but it's just kind of like there. Right. But,
0: I, I think it's it, it's a fan favorite because it's it's fun and Highlander can get so serious and it gave us a chance to get uh, Hugh Fitzcarran back because he had obviously had uh, yeah. um, perished, of course. So it was nice to get him back. And then we had this funny golfing thing that that between him and Duncan, that took a couple hundred years to kind of go through. And then Amanda looked great. And the scenes in the 50s were good. It was, it was yeah. based on a, a real thing that happened. Uh, just some great costumes, allowing the uh, the cast to really have fun and also Duncan to talk higher.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, uh, the caddy in that episode was really good.
0: Yes. It, he yeah, was fun. Right. <laughs> Wasn't there a cow too?
1: Yeah, kept on moving in the background. Uh, yes. In, their, in like their 1740s game or whatever. If,
0: if you ask the fans of the Blood uh, of Kings, highlander ccg and card game group they call that the immortal cow and they they did a fun little uh virtual card of that And i remember it was very very funny Uh, another mention of course is band of brothers uh and i'm really i'm not surprised that this is up here this is probably the episode that saved highlander Mm -hmm. not probably it's fact and of course it is season one i know you're a big fan of season one as well this was filmed uh, in the uh, Mount, nearby mountains in Vancouver. I've been to this location with Andy Sloan's tour. And have actually was up here when the snow had already fallen. And, of course, the, this was in the winter. And some of these sets were in pieces. They kept resurfacing later on the mountain mm-hmm. <laughs> because they couldn't retrieve them all. But you can't talk about flashbacks with one of the most iconic characters from season one, Darius and Duncan.
1: Yeah. And uh, probably one of the best philosophical discussions, you know, um, what do these men giving everything they have? You know, think of your uh, convictions and patriotism now. And like yeah. just this idea that, you know, of Duncan being something other than what he'd always thought. Like, it's it's brilliant. And it's just so um, odd that Abramovitz didn't write it because it's just the kind of thing he does.
0: Good point. And a shout out to David uh, Batista. He was the one that put this picture up. And and so I wanted to say thank you because I'm sure a lot of fans like this. This one gets a shout out as well. He also gave another shout out to a flashback that I like. And a very interesting episode that uh, my former co-host Norman and I would make fun of a certain character in this one, but not the one in this picture here. This is, of course, they also serve... And this is the famous episode, of course, where Mei Ling is killed by Michael Christian in a very cheap way in the pool after he's going after heads while he's secretly working with a uh, a naughty a watcher. But we get a great flashback basically here to Outer Mongolian 1780, where uh, I, I would say that maybe Duncan starts to learn his true martial arts from, if I remember correctly. Is that right?
1: Yeah, uh, well, you definitely see the beginning of him using Chinese style because uh, he had just recently been training with Hideo Koto. Um, so he had kind of learned the Japanese sword. But uh, prior to this, it's more boxing, more wrestling. And yeah. suddenly we get the jujitsu, we get the kung fu. Uh, I also think it's an interesting thing that she is now the uh, martial arts instructor that sleeps with her student which usually you get that flipped a lot yeah. of times. So like <laughs> kind of progressive, still kind of like as a martial arts instructor, it's like yeah, a little comfortable, but I've done it. So yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> the other one I want to give a shout out to is Riley Ringo, of course, over there at Adrian angels, wonderful lady, great and wonderful Highlander fan. Uh, she made a suggestion. I thought this was a great suggestion, which was obsession. Cause this actually had a pretty cool flashback mm. to a uh, flashback to 1825 where David is asking Duncan to be his best man. They're on the way to meet a woman. David is interested in, but he hasn't asked her to marry him yet. He's so sure that she'll say yes, that he's already planning the wedding. And Duncan is like, uh, let her say yes first. <laughs> you know? And then things kind of take a bad turn. But I, I thought this had, uh, you know, cause it had the modern day thing going on. And then of course the flashbacks Some great
1: costumes in this, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And, um, I just like the the use of his like artistry, yeah, like the you know, like he was this sort of a you know um, savant when it came to wood carving, but also completely dense uh, when it came to women.
0: <laughs> and Riley says, I liked uh, most of them for this reason and 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 she, but she does mention she mentions um other than mountain Man, uh, obsession season three. It shows Duncan in love, obsessed only to have it become a horror. Uh, both he and Sarah experienced it differently. And I've always wondered why he even put Anne through it. Question mark. Good mm-hmm. question. Yet didn't show his death to Tessa. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought that was a great choice. Thank you so much, Riley. I love that one, too. I forgot about that. One. That's an interesting one. And then uh, we got a shout out to Highlander Endgame, which uh, who was it that said this? This was uh, um, Pat Songhurst. When Duncan and Connor meet for the first time. Uh, We get uh, some great flashbacks in this one, of course, in Endgame. Uh, Great costumes as well. You really feel the the camaraderie between them, the brotherly love between them. And, of course, we get a little highway robbery, which is great. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And uh, the one and only Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge. Uh, That's right. uh, You know, I will say this was probably my favorite scene in Endgame. Uh, it was really well done. Uh, especially like when you watch the, uh, director's cut, uh, like this sword fight was really nicely put together. It just wasn't edited well for the theatrical.
0: Agreed. And I agree with you as well. I think these flashbacks were my favorite scenes as well. Uh, we also got a shout out to Homeland from several people, uh, for obvious reasons uh, I want to let's hear some uh, Corey Dallas. Uh, what is this? Uh, Brian Hanley said Homeland because Duncan versus Canwolf the Viking met. We finally got to see Duncan in Scotland. What's interesting about this though was that uh, Adrian was in Scotland, but the flashbacks uh, were actually all done in um, Vancouver, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Like all the scenes in Scotland with him were current day. And there's a scene right there of a castle that we see him uh, kind of, I think on a horse going to or something like mm-hmm. that. And this is famous castle Cheerham in in um, Scotland. And it's also seen in Highlander three as well. Have you been to this castle in Scotland? Cause I have
1: that one. I have not. So again, you keep on it's, being cooler to me, man, you got to stop. It,
0: it, <laughs> I'm not trying to brag about it. I just want to say, because where it's located, it's actually like, on a, it's very interesting to get there because you can find directions to it, but it's like a one car road. And so when you see another car coming from, you got to kind of pull off into the bushes, depending on where you are, but it's a, a very beautiful location. You can't walk around there anymore. And when you look at these old pictures in the video, if you look at current pictures now you could see where some of the wall has fallen in because of erosion and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, unfortunately. And so, but it's, it's absolutely beautiful. But of course, Homeland's great. Lori Holden, of course, playing Deborah Campbell, uh, Lori recently more famous being on, uh, several of the first seasons of, um, walking Walking dead. Dead. I I got a chance to meet her, uh, at a walking dead con walking dead, uh, a, yeah, a walking dead convention in Atlanta. And I had her sign my Highlander card with her picture on it. So she was very sweet about that. It was nice. <laughs> of course, one of the most iconic episodes of all time. This came up a lot was comes a horseman, uh, revelations, of course, back to back. We got some great, great, uh, flashbacks here with of course, mythos death himself. And, uh, uh, was it Cassandra? Right. Mm hmm. Uh, Wonderful flashbacks here, but I love the western flashback we get too of Duncan being uh, a cowboy. Yep,
1: yeah. and I love him double gunning with a Winchester in one hand and a pistol in the other. Like, okay, that's <laughs> that's pulling it out and slapping it on the table, like letting you know who's bigger. Like that was just too cool. <laughs>
0: Uh, A couple shout outs to the rest of the people It says Vincent Stefanelli, one of my good friends Also in the hair metal uh, group that we have here On the Phantom Podcast Network Says The ones in Samurai and the ones in the beginning Of the Horseman Saga and the ones with Darius At Waterloo, just at the top of my head Uh, Jim Rimmer Rimmer Says Duncan and Darius walking Through the snow, of course Stone of Scone um, uh, Brian Murphy says Anything with you, Fitzcarron yeah, we got a great bunch of shout outs to that Which I think is great uh, Nick says, what about the 1920s outfit And his Russian outfit And when he first got the sword in Japan He kind of uh, names a bunch of favorite scenes Without the episodes, but we can kind of pick that up there Ali uh, said something wicked Revelation 6.8, Band of Brothers And any episode with fits. I'm kind of seeing a pattern here, Lee Fitz, fits fits. Yeah, Fitz, Fitz. <laughs>
1: yeah. It Sounds like a good wardrobe
0: <laughs> This is true Uh, Well, now it's time. We're going to get into our picks here. This is the Fandom Podcast Network, and this is Blood of Kings Highlander Podcast, episode 171, our favorite Highlander movie and TV series flashbacks. Lee's picks. Lee, you gave me five and an honorable mention. Let's get into them now. You got some good ones here, man. First one is, of course, Duende, season five, episode 14 uh why of course i don't have to ask why but i have to because you know uh, i want specific reasons why you love uh the flashbacks during are um
1: well i mean the sword fighting and the dancing uh two things that i have spent a lot of time in my life learning how to do uh was just beautifully not only choreographed but shot um and the way that they did the set design Um, the way that they used locations that were very not Spanish to look like Spain very believably uh, was really something else. Um, You get a sense of, this is probably the best drop in uh, bad guy that we've had in Highlander uh, with Otovio Consone uh, played by uh, our good friend, Anthony DeLonges. Uh, And it's just, it works on almost every possible level. Uh, There's just, kind of the best personally you're right there's this is obviously one
0: of the most famous episodes of all time one of the best sword fights of all time uh revenge uh plots of all time villains of all time um this episode does not miss a beat and uh it's always brought up when it comes to the best episodes and I'm sure we'll be revisiting this in the future. So good, 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 good pick here.
1: And I also have to say like, it was the reason why I'm kind of on the podcast now because I won yeah. that, uh, uh, fan thing. and yeah, we'll do your favorite episode. And I got on the radar and Norm stepped down I remember like, hey, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: You're like, you're like the best fan. It was great. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> All right, so your next pick is Eye of the Beholder, Season 1, Episode 20. Now, for those of you uh, that don't remember, Gabriel Patone, an immortal fashion designer, kills one of his models after she, after she finds his stash of stolen artifacts in his apartment. Now the girlfriend's roommate, who is an acquaintance of Richie's, is in danger of the same fate. Duncan, who is an old friend of Patone, must step in to prevent his friend from killing another innocent. And, of course, we get some wonderful flashbacks here. Uh, tell me about the flashbacks that you like in this
1: um honestly i i love that they are at a brothel that has uh dwarfs working at it uh, for whatever reason and they get into a fight with soldiers uh this is um i imagine there's probably a very good reason that the soldiers were there um and i think like this puts duncan in a morally ambiguous circumstance because this is not good and like I think this is the fun Duncan that I wish was kind of that they'd kept and layered over into uh, the later seasons. Cause it's just so good. It is. And, and the, cost- and this fight the was costumes great.
0: were great. Yeah, uh, the fight was good. You said,
1: Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I mean a, a five on two uh, muskets versus swords. Like that's the kind <laughs> of thing, you know I mean? That's a Bob Anderson, Pete diamond doing their thing and really having fun with it. I, I this, Really, as an episode, hits all of my boxes. Uh, fights, visuals, uh, season one. Uh, you know, it's like it's everywhere. Good Plus, choice, you know, hot models.
0: Yeah, this is true. Good point. Yeah, I, I love that call. That was good. And that was a fun episode. Uh, next, we have number three, your number three pick Through a Glass Darkly, a flashback to the 1700s Scotland. Duncan and immortal Warren Cochran are among those fighting for Bonnie Prince Charles. Uh, yeah, this is a wonderful episode. And of course we get Warren Cochran played by, played by DeGray Scott and uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie was done by, uh was played by Struan Roger. Really good moments here. Battle of Culloden, uh, of course, DeGray Scott, wonderful actor gone, on done bigger things here. Um, why did you pick these flashbacks? I know why, but I want you to tell the listeners.
1: Um, I think just the the Scottish War for Independence, the whole Bonnie Prince Charlie thing is such a uh, even today in Scotland, it's such a crucial part of identity uh, for a lot of Scots, and for somebody now living, having lived it you know as, as they would have, uh just the the fact that they went to the nuance to show two very different sides of perception of how they saw Charlie. And right. then we also see um in other episodes shot both before and after this. Yeah, one uh, was like, kind of a
0: drunk bumbling one. Yeah. And then yeah, and then the other one, one was like a was- noble
1: lord and fantastic. Yeah. Yes. But like you see like how Duncan processes this. Um, yeah. and like having an immortal Scottish warrior, you know, we never hear about Connor dealing with this, but Duncan stayed as Scottish as he could his whole life
0: great costumes in this as well oh yeah absolutely love this one yeah well well done okay all right your number four pick was lady and the tiger season one episode 18 this is of course amanda's first appearance in the series amanda an immortal thief and former lover of duncan is confronted by immortal zachary blaine her former partner in crime she convinces him to not kill her in return of proving him with a Chance to take Duncan's head Of course the lovely Elizabeth Grayson is Amanda makes Her first appearance Why is this uh, Your flashbacks Your favorite
1: Um A Again Beautiful setting You cannot beat Paris Um You know You kind of have that uh, Fun escape Um you, you have Duncan hooking up with the wrong kind of girl, which I I can definitely sympathize with my dude. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it might even be because of this show, but I love me some troublesome women. And yeah. <laughs> uh, it might be Amanda's fault. Uh, Lizzie, uh, it is your fault that, <laughs> but, uh, you know, fantastic. Wait, 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 hold thing. on,
0: hold on. Finish that sentence. It is Lizzie's fault because what?
1: Because, like, this set a standard is like, oh, that's how much fun I want to have. Like, I don't care about the drama. It's like this is somebody that's fun. Uh, So like I've. The
0: the chemistry between these two was instant on camera. Yeah. Instant. And uh, the look when she takes Zachary's head instead of uh, Duncan, that little kind of like smile and tilt of the head, like you're like, okay, I know who this girl's about. And I want all of this danger.
1: <laughs> and you got to give it up to Elizabeth Grayson for uh, being able to play attracted to Duncan when he's got that horrible wig on.
0: Oh, I know. Right. <laughs> <It's> like, <coughs>
1: it looks that like, is an
0: acting award right there. <laughs> it looks
1: like Donny Osmond.
0: Yes, he does.
1: Oh my God. That's funny.
0: All right. Your, uh, your fifth pick here. I absolutely love. You have chosen Finale Part 1, that's Season 3, Episode 21. And, of course, this is uh, in the beginning. This is where Amanda tries to kill the evil Kalus, but she stupidly allows him to escape from prison. And Joe Dawson and Adam Pearson try to convince the widow of an old friend not to expose immortals and maybe watchers to the world. But we get an awesome flashback to Algiers in 1653. Take it away, Lee. Um.
1: Well, A, beautifully done. The fact that they shot this in France and it looks this good yeah. um, is amazing. I mean, we get, um, you know, our Xavier St. Cloud back again, uh, such a fantastic actor. And I think every Highlander fan is like, okay, we'll let you retcon this again. You know, like, <laughs> uh, oh yeah. No, they met in 1653, whatever. You know, it's
0: all You're right. You're telling me Xavier's back, but he yeah. died. I don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, talk about you know presence i mean that is a bad guy speaking of somebody who makes money playing bad guys like i wish i was this good um you know a fantastic thing you also have uh duncan uh really seeing like what he has to do uh because he you know we see this uh hamzal kahir uh basically sacrifices himself so duncan can live and duncan kind of has to make the same decision in part two uh to you know, in theory, save all the other immortals from being outed by, uh, by Kalis, not Kalis. That's the Klingon God. Uh, <laughs> but uh no yeah. one's ever said that on this podcast before. Oh no, no, no. It's, it's, it's not a running joke, but uh yeah. it And I mean, the, the, the black robes with the purple hood. Oh, great. Like, how yeah. much cooler can anybody look? Like it takes a lot to look cooler than, than, uh, Adrian on his own show, but Roland gift does it every time.
0: And they suit when he, when he was like in present day in the suits that he would wear. Oh man. Oh, they yeah. suited him up. Good,
1: good choice, man.
0: Good choice. I, I always love that flashback. Now, you, that's your top five. Now you did have an honorable mention and that of course is the next episode finale. Part two, Calus, uh, kills, Christine and her newspaper editor, but we get a flashback to 1753 Turkey. Uh, Harem girl, Amanda is about to have her hands chopped off for the theft, but Duncan rescues her. Uh, Great choice here. I love this for obvious reasons. Amanda looked beautiful as a harem girl, the dress that she does. There's some great comedy in this as well, but why is it your favorite?
1: Um, Uh, gee, I don't know. Looking at these pictures, what, what what reasons I could possibly have. Um, (laughs) It's uh, a, it's Amanda being uh, silly and sexy at the same time. You you can't beat that. Uh, But again, beautiful production design. I mean, this really is uh, it, it feels Turkish. Uh, They're uh, stealing imagery from this uh, amazing painting called the death of Sardanapalus, which is just like the, uh, the luxury and excess of uh, this kind of wealth. Um, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, And you know, elizabeth grayson in a belly dancer costume come on like so i obviously she's adorable she's beautiful
0: she's funny uh but i actually really appreciated the costume work into her belly dancing outfit for this reason my mom used to be a belly dancer and she used to teach belly dancing and she would make all of her own costumes and I got to give it to the costume designer because they did a fantastic job with not just, of course, her, you know, her sexy outfit, but all the accoutrements that she has, the the veils and the robes and, and everything else. Uh, they did an excellent job on her costume and I was impressed
1: with that. So, <laughs> Well, I've got some friends that do it too. And it's uh, a lot more work than you'd think.
0: Uh, so. <laughs> all right. So the lead, great picks there. You had five and an honorable mention. And of course, uh, Uh, This is, of course, our favorite Highlander movie and TV series and flashbacks. And now it is on to my picks. All right. So, uh, Lee, you've been to Scotland, right? Oh, yes, sir. I've been to Scotland. And uh, one of the things that my wife and I enjoyed was a trip together in 2018 to Scotland. And we decided that we wanted to visit all of the 1986 Highlander locations that we could, and we did a darn good job here. Uh, here's a picture of me, um, here in uh, Glen, uh, Glen Co area, and then of mm-hmm. course, the famous uh, Eileen Duen Castle. Uh, and we are dressed up in nice little outfits. There I got my kilt on, rocking some kilt there. So, you know, when in Scotland, you got to kind of rock a kilt if you can. So, that was a lot of fun, but I wanted to give some love to the original 1986 movie because let's be honestly the original Highlander set the tone for everything that the series wanted to pay homage to and maybe even do better if they could, especially uh, when it comes to the mythology of Highlander and, you know, adding the watchers and all this other cool stuff. But it is because of Highlander. And when we first see um, Connor with that wonderful transition going back into time where he and I just want to say my my number one pick, of course, is the original Highlander, but I have this in three parts. The original opening scene when they are getting ready to have the battle, the McLeod's against the Frasers, and, you know, they're all ready for, for battle, and we find out that there's this Kurgan guy who uh, makes a deal with the Frasers to, I have to be the one that kills uh, Connor and Connor doesn't last too long, obviously, but it is beautifully done. I just want to get your thoughts on this opening scene of Highlander because it is so, so iconic and it set the precedence for flashbacks.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, you really can't beat it. Uh It's one, I kind of had a feeling you were going to go movies. So I kept mine to the shows because uh, you know, I, I I love my season one stuff, but the um uh, I don't think that anybody who didn't know what Highlander was watching the first time, I don't think the shock and like the what's happening now of being in a parking garage and then suddenly here. Yeah. Like and like realizing, okay, this is a different type of storytelling. Uh, you know, and it really worked beautifully. I mean even with you know some of the inaccuracies that they have in in these scenes just like you know anachronistic stuff still beautiful i mean you look at uh the kurgans armor there you look at you know the setting uh you see all the uh the battles the you know this particular castle you know just famous now like literally they have highlander tours of it right uh every so often uh it's just beautiful can't can't say enough good stuff about it So true
0: story, my favorite movie of all time is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Highlander is like right there in the top three for me, basically. But I remember when I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark for the first time, it really opened me up wanting to go to other places. Not because we just had this this wonderful adventure of this uh, archaeologist who went to all these different countries, but I really wanted to go to Nepal. Mm. Then I found out they never actually filmed it there. But once I saw Highlander, and it was actually filmed in Scotland, and they basically showed how beautiful Scotland is. I said, one day I'm going to get myself there, and I did. So uh, this is a wonderful opening to the movie, but I did want to bring in a couple more. Part one has three parts to be here that's important. Of course, the Connor and Ramirez training scenes here. Not only is this important to uh, Highlander because we get one of the most iconic actors of all time, Sean Connery, uh, being the mentor of Connor, but he takes him to these wonderful locations to train basically. And there's also some great moments where he's learning, of course, how uh, learning the rules of being immortal and, you know, the mythology to a certain degree, but the locations here and the flashbacks of these locations are so iconic and What was very important for my wife and I at the time when we uh, went to Scotland was we wanted to find the beach, the one where he runs and he, you know, he feels this this Mm -hmm. kind of energy of what the quickening might be. And we weren't sure like how many people were there at the right beach. And we'd seen pictures of other people at the beach, but it wasn't exactly the wrong beach. I thought it was the right beach, but we actually found it. Uh, Shout out to, uh, Our friend Jonathan Melville, the author of uh, A Kind of Magic and Making of Highlander book, he was able to talk to the original production designer and and get the original map for us to find it all in Gaelic, so we had to figure it out with Google Maps. But these scenes, Lee, are so iconic and shot in beautiful locations. Yep, there you go. So, so cool. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, Connor and Ramirez training scenes.
1: Um, Again, fantastic, uh, like you're saying. Uh, One thing... Uh, that I liked about these training scenes is that uh, Ramirez is actually preparing him for fighting, not just uh, training. Uh, everywhere they fight is uneven or slippery ground. So uh, yes, exactly. They're on, they're yeah, on, yeah, yeah. And they're on uh, a rock that you know, big rock cliff that's kind of going up and down. Uh, they're in the forest with like deep ruts and valleys there, you know, I train people and I'm on like a hardwood floor. That's very level, you know, very safe. And I have pads for people to fall on. And this is, this is how you train a warrior. And I've got a friend that uh, actually does a Highland challenge. He trains Highland martial arts. He takes people and they never train in the same place twice. And it's all up and down mountains and on beaches and uh, everyone is really tired. And then they drink whiskey and uh, sit around the fire all night. So it's, it's something you and I should do.
0: I, I've confessed this once before. Yeah, totally. That would be awesome. Totally awesome. Uh, I've confessed this once too when we found the Glenfin location where he's uh, uh, balancing in the water. It, it took me uh, 30 years to finally figure out because I started watching stuff with subtitles that Ramirez spells out balance during that scene. I had no idea. And my wife looked at me going what you didn't know <laughs> uh, before we go before we finish this i did uh, want to mention real quick and i'm gonna hold up the book here a kind of magic uh making of the original highlander our friend jonathan melville we've had him on the show several times talking about the book talking about uh, highlander and its uh, uh physical media uh he has uh, interviewed just about everyone for this book and uh so make sure you check it out I think It's still available on amazon you can find it and also too Make sure you, if you haven't already, uh, watch the new um, Highlander 4K uh, physical media release because he actually does an audio commentary. And because he did a book about the movie, he's very knowledgeable. So I highly recommend you check out the book and listen to that audio um, thing. We interviewed him about that. It was a really
1: good interview. So, yeah. Some of my absolute favorite stories about Highlander come out of that book. I'm just like, I was blown away oh. by what I didn't know.
0: Yep. Yep, he gets in there. Now, part three of my first pick, of course, is Connor and Heather. I absolutely love these flashbacks. Uh, The location that um, they film his homestead here is that first picture of me. If you go back a few slides where I'm in Glencoe area, because they're all kind of right near each other. It's great. The battle scene is just a a few hundred, like maybe another mile or two down there. And then there's uh, Connor and Heather's keep. And uh, there's still a base of that keep that's still there. Uh, you got to watch out for the midges, though. Just keep moving, or else they'll bite you mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, during certain parts of it. But I love these moments because not just because of the scenery um, and the costuming, but I love that this is this this these moments define Connor. He was hiding. He was away from the game hiding with his wonderful, beautiful wife until she died. Mm-hmm. And living, um, you know, living this immortal life and showing his love for his woman. And as she dies of old age, he stayed at her side. Uh, and I, th- these scenes are just beautiful.
1: Yeah. You know, you can't beat it for, it gives humanity to Connor. Yeah. Uh, no. Who, you know, for all other intents and purposes, is just the main character of the movie. He's not necessarily a good guy or a bad guy. He's just the one we're following. This allows him yeah. to be human. He's not just an action yeah. star at this point.
0: Uh, and I love the fight. I love the scenes, but these moments here, I just you know, and these two actors, I thought I had great chemistry and it's just wonderful, wonderful location. And I'm a big fan of romance. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. Lee. Oh, yeah. a romantic guy, you know, and I got my romance in this film. That's what I love and, about it, too. So, twice, actually.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, the, this actress uh, appeared in Andor, so yet another Highlander-Star Wars crossover. She was uh, the judge that sentences Andor to uh, six yes. years in prison.
0: Yes, yes, that's right. Yes. Okay, my number two pick is The Return of Amanda, Season 2, Episode 7. This should have been called uh, Amanda Staying on the Show. You're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> So, of course, Amanda uh, shows up at the dojo with a suspicious offer of friendship. But then we get this, you know, and, and it gets into it a little bit more. But we get a flashback to 1930 Germany. Duncan is trying to help a scientist escape when Amanda attaches herself to him to get away from police chasing her. And I love whenever Duncan is, is trying to one-up Nazis, basically. Mm-hmm. And we get this wonderful opening dance sequence with uh, Amanda Uh, beautiful, sexy, funny, and get Duncan in a, in a nice, um, like tuxedo. And then we get Amanda in that cute little, uh, like outfit from the thirties slash forties with a little hat and the plane scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, I absolutely love this flashback. One of my favorites.
1: Yeah. Uh, it does, uh, I think a really good job of continuing the, the legend of Amanda, how we see her, um, obviously staying troublesome. Uh, very uh, just a great episode all around one of my faves but yeah the production design uh, you know how they were able to get this shot in Vancouver yeah is just fantastic Uh, you got to give it up to Gagan again
0: so I had a little bit of a connection issue there so that was on my side I apologize
1: (laughs) Uh, well my uh, day job is IT and if stuff worked the way it was supposed to I wouldn't get a paycheck so I'm not going to (laughs) complain too much
0: all right. So what I was talking about, uh, let me get back to the, the notes here. Uh was uh, hold on a sec here, and I will bring the slideshow back up here, though, but was uh Star Crossed uh season three, episode 15, and a flashback to 1637. Verona Fitz is pursuing the daughter of Duncan's employer, and Duncan is ordered to get Fitz out of the way. Uh, one of my favorite flashbacks because not only is it a uh, a Fitz uh episode, but there's some great costumes in here. And whenever you get Fitz and Duncan McLeod together meeting for the first time, wait, not the first time. Was it for the first time or or was, because I remember Duncan was sent off to try and capture him and, and bring him back.
1: Right. Uh, I think, I think they had met uh, for the first time before this. Uh, or was this where, yeah, I'm actually trying to figure that out. Uh, Cause they were supposed to duel outside the city, I remember. Right. And then didn't. And uh, no, that w- I think was uh, from uh, The Watchers. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Well, this has had one of my favorite scenes in it because they're about to duel and they both can't read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's that guy that says, Hey, you can't duel here. And I'm kind of paraphrasing here. And they're like, Look at the sign. And they both look at the sign going, Yeah, I can't read the sign. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me see if I can get back to the slideshow here before I forget. Uh, Where am I here? Okay. Okay. Uh, But anyway, the costumes in this was great. I love Fitz's outfit. This is probably one of the most iconic look for Fitz, would you say?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And great fights, too. Yeah. Uh, You know, kind of the joke fight. I I think it really does establish, uh, again, the the chemistry that you have with uh, Fitz and Duncan is, you know, really second only to Amanda and Duncan.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, it's it's such a fun episode, and again, like everyone says in the chat or in, in the post, anything with fits. <laughs> so, that was number three for me. Oh, I also got to
1: say, in that episode, oh, yeah, uh, when he's like, uh, Duncan's like, Yeah, I'm here to protect her virtue. Oh, there's not much left to protect. She even taught me a few things, and the look on her face was like, mm. like yes. Oh, yes, yeah, <laughs>
0: so good, so good. It just takes you back because you know, this is a, a Paris episode, obviously. And, Yep. And I just, the costumes are fantastic. So that was number three for free for me. Number four was Legacy, season two, episode 19. Uh, we bring Rebecca back to, in a flashback to 1850 AD. Rebecca rescues newly immortal Amanda from being burned with other plague victims and teaches her to be immortal. Uh, and flashback to 1635, eh, a few years later, naive Duncan encounters his first fighting immortal women, Rebecca and Amanda. I love this episode because I was a huge fan of Rebecca Horn. I hate the fact that they killed her off. We got her back in flashbacks. Uh, I love the fact that she's someone who's obviously powerful enough with money to have her own land, her own awesome costumes, to be able to basically bring on an apprentice here. Mm -hmm. Amanda, you know, Tries to steal from her. She gets caught. Some great, like, training sequences here. And, of course, uh, wonderful uh, Rebecca Horn is just beautiful in this. And the scene when Duncan first meets him is absolutely hilarious.
1: But you're women and you're English.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. All right, my next one here is, of course, The Samurai at number five, season four, episode one, one of the probably top five episodes of all time. Uh, I'm sure pe- most people would probably agree with that. And uh, this was filmed in Vancouver. They did a great job uh, making us believe that it was Japan. This, of course, retcons were um, uh, Duncan gets his sword. But also, most importantly, Lee, Duncan learns honor. Yeah, thoughts.
1: You know, I like this one. Um, realizing over the course of the flashbacks, you see him removing like his sailor clothes because, like, in the top left corner there, you see him. You know, he, he's uh, dressed like Jim Hawkins. Uh, he's got his cutlass, and he's like, "Oh, that is pretty good." <laughs> uh, then you know, he's like, "Okay, I'm going to put on these big poofy pants here, but I got to keep on my uh, my Seinfeld uh, poet shirt." <laughs> uh and then uh by the time he has uh uh basically seconded uh Hideo, uh he's in uh you know full Hakamake Kekogi and uh Hachimaki. He's like he's all over it. Um and he's kind of um I would say understood the culture. Uh yeah. he, he doesn't completely adopt it, but he doesn't uh he he's not a tourist in it.
0: Yeah, uh but you know, the flashback is so iconic. And of course we have Robert Ito is Hideo Koto and the set here was fantastic. They, they did a great job with minimal set, but making you seem like it was bigger than it was. Uh, there's some great behind the scenes on the DVD about that. Steve Gagan and his crew. Uh, and also we got the lovely Tamlin Tomita as Midori. And, I, and then she plays like her um, uh, relative as ancient relative as well. Uh, the whole spyglass comes in there with the, the uh, you know, um, I promise to, you know, come and help you whenever you're needed type of situation, but I just, it, you know, being able to go to Vancouver and Vancouver stands in for so many things. This was just an iconic location. It's absolutely beautiful. One of my favorite flashbacks and of course a fan favorite. So oh, yeah.
1: I will say the uh, using the telescope like they did, uh, it always reminded me of like the PBS after school specials. Like they'd pick something up and then look look at it. And then yeah. suddenly like that was the transition. I'm like, oh, come on, guys. We can do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely.
0: Now, I have an honorable mention here too. And I've actually mentioned this episode in one of our previous episodes when it came to quickenings, when we did our favorite quickenings. But this has a really cool flashback, and I am referring to my honorable mention of One Minute to Midnight, Season 4, Episode 22. This was the two-parter with the Watchers, and uh, Jakob is hunting the Watchers, an old gypsy friend of um, Duncan. I love the gypsy flashbacks here. Uh, The woman, uh, who's Jakob's wife, is absolutely gorgeous as well. So we get that flashback, and this is in 1847. Duncan's immortal gypsy friend Jacob Galati kills a mortal who rapes his immortal wife Irina, Irina, and he is promptly hanged by the gypsy-hating townspeople. Of course, and then we get the to the modern day where Jacob sa- Jacob saves Duncan from the Watcher, tells him uh, Horton's renegade Watchers killed Irina, and now I want to talk about these pictures that I have here. So I have the 1847 flashback, and then I have the flashback to 1992 when we're probably like 1995 or six. Mm -hmm. So it's only like a year or two earlier, but it counts as a flashback. Okay. (laughs) Where Horton, who of course has already been killed, we think, we get to see him with, of course, his hunters, his evil watchers killing immortals. And this is an interesting scene because it's gut-wrenching because Jakob is tied up And is forced to watch his immortal love, his wife, killed in front of him and also receives her quickening. And I like this quickening for two reasons. First of all, there's this wonderful, it's done at night, so there's this wonderful figure eight fire thing that happens. Mm -hmm. But watching your beloved wife get killed in front of you and then you have to take her quickening.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That was a dark episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had to give this one a shout out because I did like the, uh, the gypsy uh, flashback on there. Your thoughts on it.
1: Um, You know, it definitely, uh, as as far as emotional impact goes, it's right up there with Tessa getting shot. Um, Yeah. I I think one, one I would have liked is if they had somehow incorporated some of uh, the aroma from uh, uh, into the, the darkness uh, when uh, Duncan was with them and they said, Oh, Mary, or bury many, but marry none. If they had kind of worked that in a little bit, kind of how they kept on bringing back the same guy as his dad. Right. Right. Uh, but uh, one other thing that just as a huge nerd, I noticed about this, this was the first episode they filmed right after they made the deal with uh, windless and museum replicas to do all of their props. And the really bright, but stolid pattern that they're doing there is very indicative of their costumes that were available from the catalog back then. Ah. So, uh You really start to see it. This is the first time, but in season four, you see how all the flashback uh costumes really changed because suddenly like it's, it's a very specific thing that if you knew it back then it's like easy to spot. So.
0: Oh, good call out. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, the Horton flashback is 1992 Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so you got two flashbacks in one here, which I liked. And, and uh, you know how I feel about Horton, man. He's my favorite villain in the entire Highlander TV series. I just love him.
1: It's I just great. realized if this was 92, about the same time as, or just shortly before they did the thing with uh, Darius, like how long before?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty uh, close, right?
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, you know, they just about did that to Fitz. God, Horton's Duncan, a w- dick, isn't he? Duncan would have taken uh, Fitz's uh, uh, quickening if he hadn't stopped the guillotine.
0: I know. Right. He's like, wait, wow. who's going to get my love <laughs> fits like there. He's like, wait a minute. I want someone to get my quickening. <laughs> it's <That's> great. So, <laughs> all right. So that was my honorable mention. Let's go ahead and wrap things up here. All right, Lee, I want to get your final thoughts on, uh, the, uh, flashbacks that we've had here. Uh, was there any that you'd like to give an extra shout out to that maybe didn't come up? Something that you th- thought about on the way here?
1: um, I mean, there's just so many – I mean, there are, like, sequences that go across – you know, like, when you did the um, uh, the Alexa trilogy or the uh, – when you and Norm did that uh, a few years ago, it's, like, yeah. those – that are kind of connected, you know, kind yeah, of like t- how
0: t- timeless and yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Methuselah's gift, stuff like that. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, yep. Duncan's journey across America with uh, the native Americans, you kind of see it with, with Carl, mm-hmm. you see it with little deer, you see it again with Kern, uh, even, you know, kind of as he moves forward into the dark quickening uh, the way that they started to layer this uh, it's so hard to pick just one or two or five or six um, as we both kind of started to discover. And um you know, kind of knowing uh, that we're going to do the poll, it's like, okay, I'm going to choose a few that maybe wouldn't be at the top of the list. Right. Uh, you know, like I always say, I love my first first season stuff, but, uh, you know, makes me just want to go rewatch the series yet again.
0: Yeah, Mortal Sins was one I was throwing out there. Also, um, Valkyrie was another one I was thinking yeah. of. Uh, and another one, too, I almost put it in here with pictures uh, that also got a shout out was uh, the Vampire. Uh, the flashbacks to that were done really, really well. Yeah. But there was one flashback in a movie that was not Highlander 1986 or Endgame 2000. There was one flashback that I would was kind of going to talk about. Can you want to take a guess?
1: Um, oh, geez. Would we be talking about uh, the flashback to uh, Revolutionary Era France in Highlander 3?
0: You're in the right movie, but no, uh, the flashback with Nakano. Oh, okay. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, uh, Mako, the actor. I I just, I love those moments with him and, um, Connor. I just, I, you know, I, I like the fact that we finally got, I mean, you know, there was some mystical part of course about it with him being either a magician or whatever it is. I just, I liked him as an actor. And I like those moments. Uh, it, it almost made it. And so that's why I'm just going to give a quick shout out to it now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> in my head, that is the same character that he played in Conan the Barbarian.
0: Yes. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> yes. you know, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, he helps Conan <laughs> cheat death. You know, he's a master. He's a wizard. He, he does all those things, you know, uh, Grumpy likes to pick fights. Like,
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Good point. Well, let's wrap this up. This is Blood of Kings Highlander podcast episode 171. We've been discussing our favorite Highlander movie and TV series flashbacks. Uh, Let's go ahead and close things out and get some contact information going here. All right. This is Blood of Kings. Of course, if you are watching this, thank you so much. Sorry for the technical difficulty there. We had a little connection issue, though. Uh, this is, of course, the Fandom Podcast Network, and that's where we have all these shows underneath its net- network umbrella. Please follow us on. YouTube, give us a, a subscribe and a like and uh, feel free to please comment on these Bloody Kings videos as well. Love to hear more uh, from you guys out there. Our master feed for all of our audio podcasts can be found at fpnet.podbean.com. And of course, you can find us on all of your uh, audio podcast providers, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, of course. And uh, also please check out Bloody Kings on Twitter. It's now X and Instagram. And as we mentioned before, we have a wonderful uh, Bloody Kings uh, Facebook group called Bloody Kings, a Highlander fandom group. Please make sure you check that out. And our sister group for you, Highlander card game fans is blood of kings a highlander ccg collectible and card card gaming uh, group discussion page make sure you check that out you can email us at blood of kings podcast at gmail.com my name is kevin reitzel i am on x instagram and threads at spartan underscore phoenix lee where can we find you
1: Uh, You can find me in a conveniently placed flashback that explains our backstory. Otherwise, uh, you can catch me uh, (laughs) under my name, Lee Fillingsness, on Facebook. Uh, You can catch me at The Way of the Way on Instagram. You can also follow uh, my production company, Madman Road, and uh, my stunt company, uh, Double Action Martial Arts, on Facebook. Awesome. Awesome.
0: And also, to uh, give us some support with some reviews if your podcast platform allow that. And also, please check out our T Public store uh, where you can get um, our fandom podcast network show logos on anything, including Blood of Kings. I even picked up the Silver Cup t shirt up there. Uh, so make sure you uh, check that out. And uh, a special thanks, of course, Lee, it's good to have you back, uh, uh, getting an episode in here. We'll be back, of course, for Blood of Kings Highlander podcast, episode 172, where we will be looking at our Highlander series best episodes with some fun new categories with our uh, poll that we currently have up there. So if you're listening to this, uh, make sure you go check out the poll, give your vote there, and we'll get some in there. Uh, Lee, uh, what did you vote for?
1: Which one? What did you vote for? Oh, uh, I mean, I the beholder, obviously. Uh, you know, one of my faves uh, <laughs> finale. Uh, basically, if you see, uh, you know, like a lone recommendation for a season one episode, that was probably mine. Uh, <laughs> you know, I- I'm gonna go to the mattresses for season one. I really like that one.
0: You know, you're you're winning me over with your thoughts. It is definitely shot differently, and I understand why you enjoy season one. And uh, yeah, so I appreciate that. Well, uh, Lee, thank you so much. Um, uh, I'm Kevin. On behalf of Lee, thanks everyone for listening and join us again next time here on the Fandom Podcast Network for another episode of Blood of Kings, a Highlander podcast. That sensation you are feeling is the quickening. We are one. We are immortals.
1: Farewell, dear (laughs) shitheads.
0: See you later, (laughs) bud.
1: Oh, geez would we be talking about uh the flashback to uh revolutionary era france in highlander 3
0: you're in the right movie but no uh the flashback with nakano oh okay i don't know what it is maybe it's uh mako the actor i, I just i love those moments with him and uh, uh um connor i just i you know i i like the fact that we finally got i mean you know there was some mystical part of course about it with him being either a magician or whatever it is i just i liked him as an actor and i liked those moments uh it, it almost made it and so that's why i'm just going to give a quick shout out to it now
1: yeah. <laughs> in my head that is the same character that he played in conan the barbarian
0: yes no totally yeah yeah
1: like- yes. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's yeah, you know, he helps Conan <laughs> cheat death. You know, he's a master, he's a wizard, he, he does all those things. You know, uh, Grumpy likes to pick fights, like, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, no, yeah, good point. Well, let's wrap this up. This is Bloody Kings Highlander podcast episode 171. We've been discussing our favorite Highlander movie and TV series flashbacks. Uh, let's go ahead and close things out and get some contact information going here. All right, this is Blood of Kings. Of course, if you are watching this, thank you so much. Sorry for the technical difficulty there. We had a little connection issue there. Uh, this is, of course, the Fandom Podcast Network, and that's where we have all these shows underneath its net- network umbrella. Please follow us on YouTube, give us a, a subscribe and a like and uh, feel free to please comment on these Bloody Kings videos as well. Love to hear more uh, from you guys out there. Our master feed for all of our audio podcasts can be found at fpnet.podbean.com. And of course, you can find us on all of your uh, audio podcast providers, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, of course. And uh, also please check out Bloody Kings on Twitter. It's now X and Instagram. And as we mentioned before, we have a wonderful uh, Bloody Kings uh, Facebook group called Bloody Kings, a Highlander fandom group. Please make sure you check that out. And our sister group for you, Highlander card game fans is blood of kings a highlander ccg collectible and card card gaming uh group discussion page make sure you check that out you can email us at blood of kings podcast at gmail.com my name is kevin reitzel i am on x instagram and threads at spartan underscore phoenix lee where can we find you
1: uh you can find me in a conveniently placed flashback that explains our backstory otherwise uh you can catch me uh (laughs) under my name lee fillingsness on